Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, happy Friday, March the 3rd. I hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. Coming up, we've got a guide to everything going on in the county this weekend that you need to know about. Plus, you can hear from the Gillingham goalkeeper ahead of their match this weekend. But first, this is one of our most read stories on the website today. Part of an Ashford car park has been permanently sealed off to try and stop antisocial behaviour. The entrances to the top floor of the Park Mall facility have been boarded up following reports of vandalism, fires and even people throwing things off the roof. Well, traders in the town have been speaking to our reporter, Leanne Castle. I am really pleased because there has been antisocial behaviour up there. And, yeah, and we talked about it before in uh, town centre forum meetings um, where myself and other, other business owners said it needs to be done because, you know... There, the antisocial behaviour is obviously scary and intimidating and ultimately going to put people off coming to town, which affects all of us as business owners. So I'm really pleased that it's been done. And what sort of antisocial behaviour is it? Um, it's just kids getting up there and then like lobbing stuff off the side. There was an incident where someone threw a carrot at a, you know, at, and it hit, nearly hit a child. But, you know, from height, that could do some damage. And, it, you know, they think it's harmless fun, but or maybe they don't think it's harmless fun. Maybe they know it isn't, but, you know. Yeah, I, just, I don't know. I've never understood the um, point of any kind of, like, vandalism or attempt to harm anyone else. Personally, I've had tin cans flattened out, thrown at me from the roof. Uh, narrowly missed my head, so... That was a bit displeasing, as you can imagine. And um, I also had a traffic cone smash through my windscreen from a great height. Went back to my car after parking it uh, around the back in the service area to find a cone had gone straight through the windscreen. Cost about 500 quid to fix that. Um, So yeah, there is definitely, has been a problem. Uh, I'm sure there's still a bit of a problem carrying on. We've had, I think we've had fires started upstairs. Uh, which obviously is extremely dangerous. So, yeah, there is definitely an issue. And have you noticed it slightly better since they blocked it off last week? Uh, It's definitely less noticeable. So I suspect that that's... uh, I didn't know they'd blocked it off, to be quite honest. So, yeah, that would probably be the answer. It's definitely less noticeable now that it is blocked off because, obviously, they're not getting it... Uh, getting in so easily and able to access the areas where they can throw things off the top. I'm not happy about it. It's killed the trade around here. Um, you can see a lot of the shops are shutting and it's, it's killed business. I ain't sold one key this morning. No, I'm fed right up with it. And they've said they've blocked it off to stop antisocial behaviour. Have you noticed that being a bit of a problem around here? Yeah, the kids, the kids are often smashing stuff up. But there's an answer. Open the car park again. Simple. It's not, it don't take that much brains, does it? But as you heard at the end there, not everyone's happy because some traders fear it's going to reduce footfall in the town at a time when they're already struggling. We have been in touch with Ashford Borough Council and they say they will be monitoring the situation. Kent Online News. A Margate man who stabbed another man with a sharpened metal bar has been sent to prison for nine years. Raymond Wallace turned violent after a row broke out during a gathering at a flat in February last year. The 49 
29-year-old from Cliff Terrace was accused of attempted murder but has been convicted of wounding with intent. A driver's been punched and robbed as he stopped at a junction in Tunbridge Wells. Police say one suspect attacked the victim through an open window in Colbrook Road while another snatched a bag. So far, no-one's been arrested. People living in Greenhithe say they're prepared to stage a late-night stakeout to try and catch whoever keeps throwing eggs at their cars. It's happened in the Ingress Park part of town on Friday nights over the past three weeks. Police say they've been told about it, but so far no suspects have been identified. You can see some of the damage caused today by heading to the website. Now, charity groups and campaigners have joined forces to try and prevent a hotel and surf resort from being built at a country park near Deal. They say if given the go-ahead, the facilities at Bet's Hangar would damage wildlife and vital habitats. They've set up a crowdfunder and say they're even prepared to take legal action. The proposals, you may recall, were first announced back in 2021. Well, our reporter Kate Faulkner has been chatting to Vicky Ellis, who's the general manager of CPRE Kent. It's a country park at the moment um, and the friends of the Bex Hangar are very concerned about losing the biodiversity on the site. So CPRE Kent, Kent Wildlife Trust, RSPB and Bug Life were all supporting them through this. And what is the what's the aim there? What are we what are we aiming to do? <clears throat> the aim is ultimately to save the site um, from development so that the Betts Hanger Country Park is not only there for the wildlife um, and the rare plant species on site, but also for everybody so that everybody can enjoy it. A large proportion of the site is a mitigation site. Um, there's areas there for turtle doves, for reptiles, several places that it's been used for mitigation for reptiles, for the visitor centre and also for the sustainable park development and also the discovery park development. It was used as a receptor site for that as well. So it's very valuable. And the whole point of translocating species to a site for, um, for the future is to safeguard that species, that rare species. And um, when a development comes along, it puts that species at risk. And you mentioned that, that it's actually, so too, there's the, the hotel and the um, surf facility. Surfing again, yeah. Surfing again. <laughs> is, there, is there any, are they both as bad as each other or is there one aspect of the development that's in, you know, going to cause spectacular damage? They're both as bad as each other because effectively at the moment part goes quiet at night unless there's a specific event on at the event centre like a wedding or something like that. Um, the hotel and the surfing lagoon would basically be 24-7 so it would be every day all the time. Um, there would be no respite for the species. The um, pressure of um, the visitors visiting that site occupying the hotel and using the surfing lagoon would be horrific. The light pollution, um, I can't imagine how bad it would be, um, especially on an elevated site like that. So anything, the noise would be disruptive. And for a species like turtle dove, um, they need time to feed, they need to feel safe. Um, they're in catastrophic decline, 95% decline. So I think that um, something like a hotel and a surfing lagoon would make the country park exclusive because you'd have to pay and not everybody can afford that. Um, and it would it would destroy a very peaceful 
tranquil site as it currently is at the moment. We have asked the Country Park for a comment. You can also head to the website today to see pictures of the development and what it would look like if it was given the go-ahead. Kent Online reports. An Ashford man has died after being attacked by muggers while hiking in Colombia. 34-year-old Kyle Andrew McKenzie was found critically injured at the bottom of a mountain trail and passed away in hospital. He's thought to have been on an extended holiday in South America. The Foreign Office say they're supporting his family and are in contact with the local authorities. Elsewhere, an Ashford mum's been forced to rush her daughter to hospital herself after an ambulance failed to show up, despite her calling 999. Jay Anderson's eight-year-old briefly stopped breathing after suffering a seizure. She's now been referred to find out what happened. South East Coast Ambulance have apologised and are urging the mum to contact them directly so they can investigate her concerns. Elsewhere, East Kent Hospitals Trust has issued a warning as their emergency departments are extremely busy. We're being urged not to go to A&E at the William Harvey in Ashford or Margate's QEQM unless it's very serious. Anyone with broken bones, minor burns or some illnesses can visit an urgent treatment centre instead or you can call NHS 111. It's emerged an alleged racist attack happened at a school in Medway during an unannounced Ofsted visit. Video was posted online appearing to show a white girl assaulting a black student at Waterslade Girls School last week. The head teacher insists they're committed to driving out violence and discrimination. The findings of the Ofsted inspection will be published in the coming weeks. Bosses at a restaurant in Dartford have tried to deny getting a zero rating from food hygiene inspectors. Hawley Kitchen received the score after being visited in January when concerns were raised about a lack of anti-back spray, mouldy ice machine and food being stored on the floor. Well, the owner claimed the rating had been given to a neighbouring company instead. The council have told us that's not the case and they'll be doing a follow-up inspection this week. Now, the University of Kent has set up a new Right to Food initiative to help staff and students who are struggling with the cost of living. They're offering £3 meals in the dining hall, free hot breakfasts at the Student Union and a campus pantry for those who need additional support. The uni's Director of Engagement, Philip Pothen, has been telling us more about the programme. The Right to Food initiative is all about how we can help deliver a food system that's healthier, that's more affordable and that's more sustainable. Um, it really stems from the idea that food should not be a commodity that depends on your ability to pay for it, but that it's a right, that, that we all have a right to um, access healthy, sustainable and affordable food. And it's also this idea that food is so important, not just to our health and our well-being, but also our, our sense of community, how we are together. Uh, and, and so those are the two ideas, really, that sit at the heart of, of, of Right to Food. What does that look like um, within the university? Have you put together a, um, a food bank or, or a programme for the students to access? Yeah, so it starts... The Right to Food initiative starts with our students and staff, of course, and of course we can't talk about Right to Food without thinking as well about the cost of living crisis that's, you know, really a, a huge challenge for so many people. Um, and one of the important aspects of, of the work is making for food healthy and affordable on our campus. And so we've got three pound meals in our Rutherford dining room, which is hugely popular. Um, but it's also what we're finding is that it's bringing students together a lot more 
than, than before because they're so hugely popular and, and students are going together in groups to uh, eat this food and to buy this food. And, um, and staff are also joining in uh, as well. So that's a really important aspect of it. Of course, we're, we're um, two days a week. The uh, Students' Union is making hot breakfasts available free to students. And the Campus Pantry is also doing important work to, to help the, the hardest hit amongst our students. So it starts with our students and staff. But what we want to do is something more than that. We want to take the initiative out to the region, to other universities, to the country as a whole, and say, you know, we want to bring all the things that we do as a university, our research, our links with businesses, our teaching, our volunteering, we want to bring all of those things to bear on how we can help deliver a food system that's more fair, uh, that's more sustainable and crucially more affordable. You mentioned they're more affordable, particularly during a cost of living crisis. Are you finding that the university communities are really suffering, really struggling to make ends meet during during the cost of living crisis? I think everyone is is struggling. I think we're seeing that across across the whole country in universities all around the country. And I think we've seen that in a, a recent national survey of students. So it's it's a it's a real concern and it's a real concern close to home on our campus, of course. But that's why you know, we're doing everything we can. We're working really closely with the student body to deliver the initiatives that I've mentioned, always looking for uh, to do more as well. I saw as well that um, this is in response to the pressures that the university community are feeling on the, um, from the climate impacts. And it, this is an environmental movement as well. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? No, absolutely. I think sustainability is at the heart of, of Right to Food. We're working closely with the Food Foundation, which is a national organisation, a national advocacy group, um, to, to support us in this. And they bring a lot of um, important insights and a lot of important knowledge to bear. But we've got a lot of, um, you know, fantastic expertise within the university as well. And we've, um, our researchers, for example, work really closely with industry um, through, for example, uh, a major program uh, called Growing Kent and Medway, where we're working with uh, industry partners, food distributors, producers, suppliers, to look at food supply chains and to see how we can make them more sustainable, how we can innovate in that space as well. Um, we're also, um, we've just heard uh, very recently that we've got some funding to work with Produced in Kent to do a gleaning project um, where we bring student volunteers uh, into farms that are part of the scheme um, and to ensure that the, the food that would otherwise be wasted is then redirected to places the way it's wanted and, and needed most. So we're ensuring that um, we can bring all of those things that we do as a university to bear on, on this question of sustainability in our, in our food. Kent Online reports. A new ferry service is started running between Sheppey and Southend. A businessman has bought a £185,000 super yacht to offer luxury trips. Now, we're told it only takes half an hour and it's hoped it'll boost tourism in Queenborough. Hotel owner Adam Irvin is the man behind it and he has been speaking to our reporter, John Nerd. Yeah, it's basically a mixture of business uh, and pleasure. Um, it's a great asset for the hotel. Um, the hotel is quite often fully booked so we use it for accommodation as well and obviously we're doing charters with it as well. So how much did it cost you? It cost 185000 And what is it? 
in St Mary Fisher 895 offshore. It's 9 metres long and it has two 200 horsepower engines. So what, what, what made you buy it? Well I've always been into boats, love boats um, and to be honest with you to mix boats with business uh, obviously there's a part of pleasure in that as well. It's nothing better than doing something you enjoy doing. But obviously it's got to pay for itself as well which I'm pretty confident it will. Do you think it's going to be a draw for the Isle of Sheppey? Oh, definitely. The Isle of Sheppey's always been a lovely place to be. Um, and I can just see the Isle of Sheppey getting busier and busier and busier. Today is the last chance to apply for a permit to hold a street party for the King's coronation. The ceremony will take place on Saturday the 6th of May, but celebrations will continue through to the bank holiday Monday. Both Kent and Medway councils have dropped the road closure fee as they want to encourage as many people as possible to get involved. Tickets to see Sugar Babes in Kent this summer have gone on sale. They'll be at the Rochester Castle concerts in July. It's a return to the county for the group who headlined Pride in Margate last year. Now, Sagala has been chatting to our sister radio station KMFM about the upcoming release of his second album, Every Cloud. He was on the hit list with Numi last night. They also chatted about his tour. Here's what he had to say. This week I've been sat down like trying to work out which songs I want to play on the tour, which are the like ones that people are coming and sort of expect to hear that are maybe my older Cause, songs. Yeah, because you've got then... you've got a, ca- a back catalogue now. You've got a lot of drags to get through. Yeah. But it's, yeah, like, I think it's just a blend of of all those, really. Like, the, the old ones, um, even back to, like, Easy Love, the, the Jackson 5 sample yeah. one. Um, and then, obviously, like, my newer songs that have come out over the past couple of years and even back to Wish You Well with, with Becky Hill, like, that's one that's going to be on the album. Um, and that's, like, such a banger to play live because people just sing the chorus like so loud and if you missed it you can hear the full thing by heading to kmfm.co.uk and just click on podcast